0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life.
1: We live, we love, and we serve. Amen, amen. So, today, won't you turn with me to a familiar story? Going to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. Book of Daniel, chapter 6. And we are going to be hitting verses 16 through 22. Daniel, chapter 6 verses 16 through 22. Give you a few seconds to pull it up. Amen. Daniel chapter 6, verses 16 through 22. And it reads as such. Then the king gave the command and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was bought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his Lord so that nothing may be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went into his palace, and he spent the night fasting. No food was brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at the break of day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions, and when he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously, Daniel, oh, Daniel servant of the living God, has your God whom you faithfully serve been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions so that they would not hurt me because I was found blameless before God and also before you. O king, I have done no wrong. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious God, once once again, we come to you with thanks. Thanks for all that you do, all that you've done, and all that we know is possible as long as you are in control. We ask that you continue to encourage us, God, when we feel down. God, love on us when we feel alone, God. Give us strength when we feel weak, God. Continue to provide all of our needs, God. We know you can do it because, once again, you've done it before. Each and every day of our lives, since we were born, you have been present with us, walking with us, talking with us, God. And because of that, we know we can move forward in confidence, knowing that any trials we face, God, any enemies that may get in our way, God, anything that comes before us, God, we can keep pushing through because you are with us. So because we know that, we can give you some praise in advance for all that you are going to do in this moment, God. Have your way, God. Let your words flow today, God. Somebody is here today because they needed a word from you, God. Somebody is here today because they needed to know that you're still with them, God. Somebody is here today because they need to know that you still love them, God. Somebody walked into here today because they needed to know that you still care for them, God. So once again, have your way. Let everyone who is here and watching feel your spirit a little bit more on today, God. Let them feel you, God, so that they can know that you will never leave them nor forsake them, God. Use me on today, O Lord. Somebody needs a word from you, God. Have your way once again. And we will be forever grateful and thankful. It's in your name we pray. And we say amen. 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 Maybe see the FCBC. I want to ask you today simply, what will you do in the darkness? What will you do in the darkness? FCBC, I have a good uh, Walrun family story for you today, and I know y'all love those, especially when it uh, pertains to Pastor Mike and Pastor Lakeisha's eldest child. Uh, he was quite the character, but when I was younger, around the ages of seven, eight, um, I used to love to try to race my uncle and my father, or try to race them to see who can get to random points first, and I have to tell you, uh, Pastor Mike had no mercy in these instances. Uh, There was never a time where he did not run full speed um, and outrun this poor little boy, who had no chance, really, but he didn't know that, so he kept racing. So as the races continued to happen and I kept losing, um, I tried to get a little slick. Um, so I would quickly go, one, two, three, let's go, try to catch him off guard. And every time that would happen, my father would say, slow down, stop, you're not doing it right. But I didn't care. So each and every time I would try to do this, and I would try, and I would try, and I would try. And it wouldn't work, but guess what? I still tried. So. One particular day, we were leaving his office at Duke Divinity School. And it was dark and it was nighttime. And once again, I saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity to beat my father and my uncle. And I cried out really quickly, one, two, three, let's see who can get to the car fastest. Gone I was. And for the first time, FCBC, I was in the lead. On the elation and joy I felt could not be expressed because I was in the lead. I was winning and everything was going right. And as I got to the car and shouted with joy because I thought I had won, I turned around. And I turned around and nobody was there. <laughs> I turned around and neither my father nor uncle were in my sight. And confusion came about me then that confusion turned to fear. Then that fear turned to sadness. Because as happy as I was, I quickly realized that it seemed as if I was alone. I was alone and it was dark. And I suddenly realized these things and they frightened me even more. So I got scared. I got sad. I started crying out to my father and my uncle, where are you guys? Because suddenly I found myself in a dark place. A dark space and a dark situation where it seemed like my father was not present. Family, have you ever been in a dark place, space, or situation where it seemed as if you were alone? Where it seemed as if your father was not present? Where on one minute you were happy, things were going well, things were going good, life was falling into place, things were all on your side. Everything was good and you were happy. Because things were going just how you wanted them to be. Everything seems to work in your favor. Things turn up just like they need to be. And it causes you to kind of go into autopilot. And you just keep going because you're so consumed with all the happy things that are going on. You don't realize what's going around you sometimes. And suddenly, in some instances, you'll find yourself in the darkness. In those dark places and spaces and situations where you don't know what to do. You don't know who to turn to. You don't know where to go. And you feel lost in this darkness because you weren't prepared to be there. You weren't prepared to be there because we get in these dark places, spaces and situations. We tend to start to think the worst. We think we're alone because we're in the darkness. We automatically assume that God is not present. We automatically assume that we are on our own and we start to panic because we weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared to be on our own. We weren't prepared to be alone. We thought everything was going to be good. Once we became Christians, we thought God was going to make everything easy. We thought that once we became Christians, everything would fall into place and that we wouldn't have to deal with situations like this anymore. But yet here we are in the darkness, feeling alone. Not only do we feel alone, we feel that God has forgotten about us. We get into these places, spaces, and situations and feel that God has suddenly taken God's eye off us. We think the darkness means that God can no longer see us. We think the darkness means that God no longer cares. We think the darkness means that God no longer wants to look at us, and we start to get even more down about our situation. We think God has forgotten about us, and we think that because we are in a dark place, space, and situation, that we've separated ourselves from God. And it's in these moments that our faith is truly tested. It's in these moments where we really have to put our words forth. We have to practice what we preach because you can't come in on Sunday singing God's eye is always on the sparrow and you know that God watches you and then into a dark place, space, or situation and think that God cannot see you. What really scares us about the darkness is that it's unknown. We don't know what's going on. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know what step to take. We don't know which way to go. And we don't like that, do we? We like seeing things. We like being able to know what's next. We like when things happen, how we want them to happen, exactly how they happen, exactly how we foresaw. But when things suddenly take a turn, when you have to step into the unknown, what do you lean on but your faith? But when your faith is shaken, then what happens? You get scared. You want to stay put. You don't want to move because of this dark face and, situa- and situation. But what we have to remember, FCBC, is that during these times, we are not alone. God has not forgotten about us, and God is always aware of where we are going today. God is present, but the darkness makes it hard to believe that or even see that. But God is always on our side. God is always watching, and God is always there because once again, since the day we were born, God has been there watching with us, talking with us, and doing everything that God needs to do to get us to where we need to be. So why, when we get in the darkness, would we even think about having our faith tested? Why would we succumb to doubt when we are in darkness, when God has given us example over example over example, where we can look to those examples and see that God has always been there in those dark places, spaces, and situations. God is present, but once again, the darkness sometimes makes it hard to believe that. Family Daniel finds himself in this cave. Watching slowly as the stone is rolled over. Watching as the last bit of light is shut out. And once the cave is sealed, Daniel becomes aware of his surroundings. Daniel can sense the excitement and malicious presence around him. He can hear the movement of the lions and can smell the bloodlust in the air as they move towards their prey. And all Daniel can think about, I'm sure, is how he got there. And what his next move would be. Daniel was one of those people that we talk about whose happiness and success in life did not sidetrack him from his faith and did not distract him from giving God praise. Daniel had been faithful a long time. Daniel always gave God the praise, praying three times a day and never forgetting about God. And with each, uh, each step Daniel rose towards, each blessing that Daniel got, Daniel rose higher and higher in the eyes of the king that he served. It says he distinguished himself above all others, and the king planned to appoint him over all of the kingdom. But things weren't as good as they seemed because we know the higher you go and the more good you do and the more success you have will cause your haters to pop out. These haters will pop out and the people who are negative will suddenly start to drift towards you. People who cannot stand to see you doing good. People who are angered by your success. People who cannot stand you because they want what you have. People who do not understand how your faithfulness to God works. They do not understand it because they don't have the same type of relationship that you have with God. And because they do not understand it and because they want what you have, they become jealous And that jealousy causes them to start the process of trying to destroy what you have, trying to take what you have and trying to ruin what you have with God. You have to be aware of these people. Sometimes these people are closer than you think. Friends who give you those fake smiles when everything is good, they're around you when you can provide for them, when you can do stuff for them. But as soon as stuff's off, to fall off, they disappear. You have to watch who you allow in your space, and your presence, because sometimes people will just be there just to use you, just to take what they can get from you, just to feed off the goodness that you have that God has blessed you with. And you will not even realize it until they're done feeding and they are on and on their way. You will realize that something is missing because they have stolen from you and not replaced what they have stolen. Uh, we'd like to call them, uh, you would like it to be a symbiotic relationship, but sometimes it can be parasitic instead. You know, when you have a symbiotic relationship, they're taking and giving, they're replacing what you've taken. But when you have a parasite attached to you, they are just feeding off everything that is good about you. Not caring what happens to you, not caring what's the next step, but not caring what happens with you. Like I said, these people aren't always strangers. You got to watch who's in your circle. Sometimes those friends who are close aren't always friends. Sometimes those people giving random advice, the advice really isn't for you. The advice is for you to see uh, how, for them to see how they can manipulate you into getting what they want. Manipulate you to get you to a better place so they can still be attached to you. Because sometimes when they're attached to you, it helps to elevate them. But once again, once they're done with you, they'll try to leave you for nothing. They don't want to see you happy. They don't want to see you moving how God wants you to move. They don't want to see you walking in the footsteps that God has placed before you. They don't want to see you living out your best life with the blessings that God has given you. They can't stand it. So they will do any and everything they can to ruin what you have with God and bring you down to their level. Daniel's enemies tried to find ways to bring Daniel down, but they could not. Daniel was too faithful and too loyal to God, so they could not find anything wrong with him. It's hard for enemies to bring you down when you're being faithful to God. They try to pull you down to a place where they are, but when you're being faithful to God, they find the task much harder. Because as they're pulling down, God is pulling up, keeping you in a place of elevation. I know there's one person in here that can testify that they are glad that God kept them in those worst situations. When they tried to bring you down, God kept you. When you thought all was over, God kept you. When you didn't want to even make the effort, God still kept you. When you didn't believe in yourself, God kept you. When they tried to do everything they could to get you down to a level where they can control you, God still kept you in that place of elevation. So you ought to be grateful that each and every day, God keeps you. You, God keeps you. God kept Daniel, and Daniel's enemies failed. They could not find anything wrong with him, so they had to try to do something else that was sneaky. They had to manipulate the king, and they came up with the plot to trick the king, to get the king to pass a law saying that anyone who worship any deity, any being, Anybody else other than the king for the next 30 days would be thrown into the lion's den. Family, it's hard to get ahead in life when the laws that govern you seemingly seek to destroy you. It's hard to get ahead in life when something that is supposed to protect and support you actually tries to limit what you can do and who you are. It's hard enough trying to get ahead of life when life is hard because you have your ups and downs in life. You have your challenges in life. You have those people surrounding you who are trying to pull you back, not letting you get to where you want to go, not letting you reach your full potential. But when the laws of the land are against your very existence, what do you do? It's hard to find a way to be comfortable in your skin. But maybe with us being minorities in America, we can attest to this. When the founding laws of the country did not even consider us human beings, can we truly expect the laws that have trickled down from that to be any different? Yes, things have changed a little bit, but we still have black mothers telling their children not to wear certain clothing when they go outside. Fathers telling their sons not to play their music too loud when they're in certain spaces and places. Parents afraid to send their children outside for fear and chances of them coming back are getting less and less with each passing day. Loved ones afraid for their significant others to leave the house to even go to the grocery store because they won't come back and they might see them on television later. It is hard to be yourself when young black men and women and old black men and women are being killed because of what they choose to wear, what they listen to, and who they are as a person, getting killed because of the music they're playing, or even getting killed simply because they're out in the street walking and being themselves. Even when we surrender and put our hands up, we're still getting shot. It is hard to be yourself when you cannot even sell CDs on the corner without being harassed and taken down to the ground and shot multiple times, especially hard when you even, when you comply and do everything when you're supposed to do and even put your hands up, you are seemingly still getting shot just for being who you are. It's hard to be yourself when all of society seems to love the athletes, love the music, love the culture, copies the clothes you wear, but hate the person you naturally are. Society Society tries its best to confine you to a place where they feel comfortable with you and where they can control you. So it's hard to be yourself when society tries to tell you that you have come a long way, but when you look at the news, you can hardly tell the difference between now and the Jim Crow era. They try to make it seem like times like that were so long ago, don't they? Oh my God, but I got a great-grandmother who's still alive who was born in the 1930s. Who was fully entrenched in the Jim Crow and could testify to what is happening then. They try to make it seem like it's a long time ago and that things have changed so much when uh, one white uh, college basketball athlete can talk a little trash and do a little motion and nobody says a thing. But when the unapologetically black sister did the same thing, there was such an uproar. Ain't it funny? They love who you are until it goes against what they want happening. They love who you are until you do something that pisses them off. They love who you are until you do something that doesn't fit into the box they want to keep you in. What can you do when society continually puts a serious effort to stop you from being yourself. But hey, just because they want to stop you doesn't mean that they can succeed. As long as you stay true to yourself and true to the person who God made you to be, there ain't going to be
2: nothing that they can do. and They're just going to have to sit there and deal with it with a stank look on their face because there's nothing they're going to be able to do to stop you from being who God made you to be. They can try all they want. They can be sneaky and do what they want,
1: but there's nothing that can stop God from using you to be who God made you to be. No matter how bad the situation is, stay true to yourself. The conspirators go to the king. The king passes the law. Daniel sees the law. Daniel understands the law. And Daniel in his mind had to know that this was a setup just to get him. Daniel knows they do not like him and that this might have been the chance that they were waiting for, and there's a high chance that he will get into serious trouble if he ignores the law. But even still, Daniel decides to ignore the law. Daniel says, no, forget y'all. God has done too much for me and has brought me too far to deny God and to deny myself. God has taken me through too much to start acting funny. Y'all want what I have, but you're not willing to embrace the things that I do to get them. You want to be me, but you're not able to handle what it takes each and every day to walk in my shoes. Family, your enemies may want what you have, but they couldn't even survive a day in your life. They want what you have, but they don't even know that on their best days, they don't even have what it takes
2: to take one step in your shoes. They want what you have, but they don't know that each and every day is a fight. you to even get out of bed. Everything may look good on the outside, but on the inside, there's been some serious work, some serious trials, some serious tribulations that you've had to get through to be who you are right now. They want what you have, but they can't even get it because being you is not as easy as it seems. You can embrace my culture, but you can't embrace who I am. You can
1: embrace my culture, but you can't embrace my skin. You can embrace and play my music, but you
2: can't embrace my blackness. It says something when they want what you have, but can't embrace who you are and what you're doing, what you've gone through to get where you stand right now.
1: They want what you have, but they can't handle what you've gone through to get it. They can't even commit to what you do each and every day to go and be where you are right now. Oh, jealousy is something, ain't it? Jealousy makes you think you can do stuff that you can't. You can do stuff that you're not built for just because somebody got something that you want. Watch out for them jealous feelings. They can get you into trouble. Mm. Oh, man. Thank you. They passed the law. Daniel said, You know what? I don't care. If you think some little law is going to stop me from being who I am, stop me from praising God, then you got another thing coming. It does not matter what you say, it does not matter what you do. I'm going to do me, and there is nothing that you can do that will ever change. I'm going to continue to praise God, whether you like it or or not. I'm going to continue to honor God, whether it pisses you off or not. I'm going to continue to pray to
2: God because that's what I'm here for and praying that God has got me to where I am. So why would I stop just because you're uncomfortable with what I am doing? Your uncomfortable ain't got nothing to do with me, so you need to go somewhere and handle that
1: yourself. Nothing will ever change who I am. So I'm going to continue to honor God the best way that I know how. The conspirators get what they want. Daniel still prays. And because of that, the king is forced. The king doesn't even want to, but the king is forced to honor the law. Daniel is thrown into the darkness of the lion's den. A dark place where he was expected to stop being himself, a dark place where they thought he would go against himself and everything he stood for, a dark place where he was not supposed to praise God, a dark place that he was not supposed to make it out of, a dark place that they thought would change his mindset. Family, have you ever been in the darkness? Have you ever been in the darkness with lions bearing down on you? A place where the darkness makes you think you've lost all hope. A place where the darkness makes you think all happiness has escaped you, a dark place that makes you feel alone because the world seems like it's against every choice that you make and against who you are naturally. A dark place that makes it look as if family and friends have turned their backs on you when it seems like those around you pass you by without even blinking an eye or care in the world. I don't know if you're with me right now. Have you been in the darkness, God? A a dark place that makes you think you've become invisible because nobody wants to seem to notice or address your issues where you start to hate yourself for the decisions you've made. You look at yourself in the with disgust, trying to figure out where you went wrong, a dark place where self-loathing becomes an everyday thing to the point where you are too ashamed to even go outside, where you're too embarrassed for people to look at you, and you try to make yourself as small to match the feeling of insignificance that you feel inside, a dark place that makes you feel like you don't fit in the bigger picture, a dark place that makes you feel like God has forgotten about you, a dark place where God doesn't seem to care about you. Now you are truly alone and left in your own abyss of hopelessness and despair, struggle, and turmoil, a dark place where it seems like giving up is the only option. Oh, that darkness can cause some things to happen. The darkness can cause you to want to stop where you're at and stay still when this journey of life is about moving forward. A darkness that can change your mindset if you don't know where to go, you don't know where to turn, you don't know what to do. And once again, you feel like giving up But family. I don't want you to give up in the darkness. Instead, let me just go over a few things you can do when you get in those dark places, spaces and situations. One, as I said before, when you get in those dark places, spaces and situations, just stay true to yourself. God made you who you are for a reason. So you ought to love yourself each and every day. There's nothing wrong with you. Just because other people don't like you, just because some people may critique who you are, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. God made you how you are. So when you look in the mirror each and every day, you ought to look at yourself and be in love with yourself. You ought to look at yourself and be encouraged by yourself. Look at yourself and remember what you've gone through and what you've been through to even get to where you are. Everybody looks at you from the outside and assume things have been easy all your life just because you look good and got a pretty smile. Everybody looks at you and assume that it's, Easy being you, but sometimes it's harder just to even say your own name in the mirror. Sometimes it's hard to be true to yourself because the darkness will try to trick you and make you think that there's something wrong with who you are. But don't fall into that trap. Stay true to yourself because, once again, if God made you and loves you, then you ought to love yourself a little bit more. If God likes it, then I love it. Stay true to you are. As you get into the darkness, too, don't give in to doubt and despair. That's one of the tricks of the and because it's so dark. You don't see anything. You don't know what's happening. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to turn to. So once again, doubt start to creep into your mind, and that doubt can cause you to start thinking certain things, feeling certain ways, not being ready to do things, and that despair can cause you to start to hate yourself and hate where you're at and hate how you are and hate what you've been doing, but you can't give in the doubt and despair because, once again, those are just tricks of the darkness to try to get you to hate yourself or try to get you to give up on what you've been doing. They try to get you to give up on honoring God. That doubt and despair will try to shake your faith. And faith is what you're supposed to lean on when you're in those dark places and spaces. It's the faith that keeps us going into your unknown. Sometimes it's easy being in those comfortable spaces where you know where everything's going. You know what's going on. You can predict what's going to happen each and every day. But there's something about those unknown places where you have to lean on your faith. Yeah, it's scary stepping into the unknown. But when you're stepping into the unknown, holding God's hand, it makes things a little bit better. So don't give in to doubt and despair. So don't, so one, stay true to yourself. Two, don't give up and give in to doubt and despair. And three, remember this critical thing, that you are never alone. You are never alone. Because once again, after the doubt and despair start to do their work, they'll trick you into thinking that you are all by yourself. And that's what the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants you to think that you are alone because when you're alone and you think you're alone, you're the most vulnerable. That's when they can really attack you. That's when they can really start to work on you. That's when they know their manipulation can work a little better because when you're alone and you don't, when you think you're alone and you think God has forgotten about you, then what do you lean on? You lean on the bad advice and the bad stuff that comes from others because you think it's your only option, but you never alone. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter even if you can't see, no matter what people tell you, you are not alone. God is always present and God would not give up on you no matter what you think. Just because you can't see God doesn't mean God can't see you. You are never alone and no matter what happens you must always know that. So as I got to the car first, as I got to the car first, and the tears started to well up in my eyes because I was scared and because I thought I was alone. My dad and my uncle suddenly popped from behind the tree, laughing, saying, one, that's what happens when you don't listen. But it also taught me something important that no matter what it seems like, my father would always have his eye on me. And I learned that day, and I learned that day and I learned that day that I am never alone because even if God can't see or even if you can't see God, God can see you and God will always there for you. So the next time that's happened, because I'm hard-headed, and I'm going to do it again. The next time I try to race to a car and they try to trick me again, I turned around and I didn't see them. I panicked for a little bit because once again, I thought I was in that darkness alone. But then. I remember that my father is always there. Then I remember that God is always on my side. Then I remember that I am never alone. So all I could do the next time was smile and laugh because I had the confidence to know that even when it seems dark, even when it seems hopeless, even when everything is not going your way, even when things look terrible, that your father is always
2: there with you and that you are never alone because God is always there. Even when you seem lost in your darkness, your father is there. And how many can testify on today that God was there when they thought they were alone, when they thought they were down and out? God was there when the situation seemed like it was going nowhere. God was there when people around them started to leave them. God was there when everything seemed like it was a disaster. God was there and everything worked out because God was there. We must not fear the darkness because we know as good Bible reading folk, God has done some pretty incredible things in the darkness, right? It was out of the darkness that God created the heavens and the earth. It was in the darkness of a cell where God told
1: Joseph not to be afraid because he was going to be great. It was in the darkness of a fiery furnace where the
2: three brothers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego overcame a fiery death. It was in the darkness in the belly of a whale that God was able to shift Jonah's mind. It was in the darkness of a mountainside where God told Moses to go free his people. It was in the darkness of his brother's shadow where God found David and told him to get up because he was going to be the king. Of kings, and it was in the darkness of your mother's womb where God molded you and God shaped you and God formed you and God told you that you are going to be great. God told you you were the embodiment of infinite possibilities and God told you you were destined for greatness. The darkness does not symbolize an end, it symbolizes a new beginning. So next time that you find yourself in the darkness, the last thing I want you to do, and you can do this right now, next time you find yourself in the darkness, I want you to give God just a little bit of praise. Praise God for all that God has done for you. Praise God until you know what's going on. Praise God until you got everything together. Praise God because you know just because you're in the darkness doesn't mean that God is not there. Praise God when you get into the darkness. Praise God. Because you know that God is about to start working. Praise God until your enemies are confused as to why you're shouting. What you shouting for? Because God is about to do some great works. Why are you giving God praise? Because I know that God is about to change some things in my life. What you stopping for? Because late in every single midnight hour, God has always turned it around. So there is no reason that I would give up right now. God is present. And because of that, I'm going to give God some praise in advance. God is present each and every moment. Just because it's dark doesn't mean God isn't there. Just because it looks bad doesn't mean God isn't there. God is there each and every second. That's why you are here. Right now, because God has been present in every bad situation. If you look back over your life and you think things over, you can say that each and every time I thought I was done, each and every time I thought it was over, each and every time it looked like it was finished, God stepped in and God showed up and showed out in the best way possible. When you know who you are, when you know who you are and you know yourself, and you get to a place where you know that God is always on your side, there's nothing the enemy can do. Because when God is for you, what can be against you? So praise God in this moment. Because let me tell you, when you can praise God in your darkness just as good as you can praise God in light, that's when you become seriously dangerous. So praise God just when you think it's all done. Give God a praise. So the next day, when the king came down to the cave and yelled out,
1: Daniel, are you okay? Daniel responded, King, I was never worried
2: because I knew that God would protect me. Or, Like they say in the old days, this morning when I rose, I didn't have no doubt because I know the Lord will take care of me. I know the Lord will provide for me. And I know the Lord will lead me and guide me along the way. So next time you find yourself in the darkness, make sure you give God a shout because you know you're not alone. Make sure you give God a shout because now you can embrace your darkness. Give God a shout because God is not done with you, yet God is just getting started. Give God a shout because this is where God is preparing you for a blessing and a breakthrough. Shout if you know what God has done for you on the day. Shout if you know that God's brought you a long way. You want to shout because you know that God is still moving. God is still working. God is still changing things in your life. We can never forget that God is here in the darkness, just like God is there in the light. So, family, I'll ask you one more time, what will you do in the darkness? Because I know what I'm going to do. The song says, I will bless the Lord at all times. All times, not sometimes. Not when it's convenient for me, not when things are perfect, not when everything's falling how I want it to. But all times I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises, his praises, his praises will continually be in my mouth. So shout because you know what's going on. Shout and give God praise because you know God is still working. Don't stop praising God because things seem bad. Don't stop praising God because things aren't going your way. No, those are perfect times to shout to God, I know what you're doing. You can't fool me. You're working on my behalf. So
1: there's no need for me to worry. No need for me to get down. No need for me to stop praising you in this situation. This is just the start. And when God's just getting started, you better look out. God's not done with you yet what will you do in the darkness? You ought to praise God. Don't stop praising God because things aren't going the way you want them to. Don't stop praising God because the situation isn't going how you envisioned it because it seems like things aren't working in your favor. But instead, look up, shout, give God a little praise because it is in this praise, in this praise In the praise, when things are bad, that God can start doing work. God is present at all times. Just because it's dark doesn't mean there can't be a little light to come. So praise God, family. Praise God in the darkness. Praise God in the darkness.
2: Watch how God works. Watch how God works when you praise him. Watch how things shift when you praise him. Watch how things change when you praise God. The darkness is not your end. It's a sign
1: that something new is coming. It's a sign that something great is about to happen. A sign that God is not done with you yet. So, you ought to praise him. You ought to praise him. Amen? Amen?
2: Amen. Come on, somebody give God a shout. Give God a shout on today. Come on, give God a shout on today. You can do better than that. Some of you are in your dark space right now, but guess what, you're still here because God is still working. God is still moving. God is still changing. So give God some praise.
0: if you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.